everybody. Today we are talking about New Year's resolutions because it's New Year's and it's time for resolutions. And we're going to talk about some of the horrible ways to do New Year's resolutions and how you can make those horrible ways better and how you can look more ripped and eat more healthy and be happy too and not be miserable. Uh, you know, <laughs> I would feel I would feel wrong if I didn't throw myself under the bus and just let everybody know that we we spent about 15 minutes going through some of these really good bits of information and I looked down and realized I wasn't recording. So pretty much the best podcasting we've ever done. Yeah. Anyways, you know, but so, you know, the fact of the matter is this is the first podcast I've done since I've gotten old, you know, <laughs> recently turned 69 years old. So I get a hall pass, you know, what do you expect from me? It's like a Biden disease, right? Wow. We got the Byron, the Biden virus. So um, let's, we're going to rehash this because there was some really good stuff. And I hope that the second time around is going to be better. People are going to go, wow, man, I wonder what he said the first time because this is good stuff. So what I did being lazy uh, is I just went onto the internet and I thought, all right, let's see. Let's pull up worst New Year's Eve, res res New Year's Eve resolutions, right? And then, you know, top 10 most popular resolutions, right? So I thought that would be a good place to start. And so the first thing that I found was a site where I don't, didn't even look to see the doctor's name, but it's the physician that gave these ideas. He says the first thing is saying that you want to eat healthier and not really knowing what, what that even means, right? And so Leah... Kind of take us down that road, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a big thing for me, I would think about, well, it's funny. Oh, I want to, I want to eat healthier. But in your first step is, oh, you buy a bunch of salad and fill your fridge with, I don't know. Yeah. Vegetables. Your first step should be learning what it means to eat healthy. I mean, if you really want to eat healthy and live a healthier lifestyle, find a nutritionist, find someone to help you take those first steps. Knowledgeably, knowledgeably with knowledge. <laughs> Smartly. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, Bigly. because some people, <laughs> some people like, okay, this, I remember reading uh, Matt Fitzgerald's racing weight book, and he was talking about how even endurance athletes can have more weight than they want for running and doing these things. Yeah, for most people might be like, oh, they look super fit. Why would they have to lose weight? But if you have another couple extra pounds that you could lose as a runner, hey, why not? You know, but he was saying that there's some, some uh, sentence in there. I'm going to misquote it, but it went something like this. It was for non-athletes eating healthy is more about like the dedication the decision that like uh motivation you know as an athlete it's much more about knowledge and that could be knowledge about what to eat and a big thing that he was talking about and richard was talking about was when to eat it what to eat and when to eat it because you can be overeating and still be under fueled for your training so richard you had some good things you were talking about about that yeah yeah so uh, incidentally we didn't talk about this but i'll share with you Matt is a friend of mine, and he has actually been to clinics I've done where he's presented on nutrition. And, uh, you know, I, I love a lot of the things that he has to say about nutrition, especially where he dispels a lot of the, the fad diets. Um, mm, I so, love that. Yeah, he's really good at that. And, I, and I, you know, and he, 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 he bases it with fact, and I love that. So He's so practical. I love how practical he yeah, is. Yeah, so um, anyway, one, by the way, I'm still one of the things he said. And it's going to be a little ahead of what I had planned to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. He said that, this, and it's smart, by the way. He said, you need to earn your weight loss. 
So people that feel like, you know, I gotta, I've got just got to lose some of this weight, and they get a little crazy with their approach, where he's suggesting far better to earn your weight loss by rather than restricting the caloric uh, intake, do more work and just continually do more work, and you're going to be way ahead of the game that way. Now, having said that, a lot of the audience that I work with, as you know, um, they're healthy and apparently fit. What I mean by that is, you know, the guys always want to get on the treadmill and pull their shirt off, you know. I used to work in a community where that was never going to happen, right? <laughs> These guys are like, nah, I ain't taking my shirt off, man. You don't need to see that in your life, <laughs> right? But these guys can't wait to take their shirt off because, you know, they're ripped, they got abs and all this kind of jazz. And the, these are the last people in the world that want to worry about how much they eat or don't eat. You know, they didn't earn that through proper diet for the most part. Um, and so we do resting metabolic assessments, which is a clinical evaluation of someone's metabolism. How many calories do you need if you do nothing in a 24-hour period? And then we're able to break out what is being used for energy, how much fat's being used versus how much sugar, and just kind of showing them how many calories your body requires. And then we follow it up with a VO2 max test where we show them, you know, in an hour's worth of exercise at this level of intensity, these are how many calories you're burning, and this is where they're coming from. So how much fat versus sugar you're using relative to the time and intensity, right? And then what I find commonly is not a function of they don't know what to eat. They don't know when to eat. They don't know how much to eat when they do eat. And collectively, I find that the majority of the people I work with are drastically in, uh, in, in debt with their calories. They're just not getting fed enough. And it surprises them. And because a lot of them don't really pay attention to calories because, eh, look at me. I don't need to worry about that, right? I, I'm great. Um, and then we show them that, wow, dude, you know, and I can use some case studies, you know, and a lot of people that are listening to this that, that know me, know you, whatever, um, know that I worked quite a lot with Hunter McIntyre back in the day. Hunter's amazing. You know, he's, he's a big guy, great shape. I, I've never seen him where he was fat. I mean, you know, fat for him is like beyond uh, 6% body fat or something like that, right? Um, but, and here's another guy that I had to convince him. I said, let's take a look at what your metabolism requires. And he wasn't really on board with it until I tested him and showed him that he was about 1,500 calories a day in debt relative to his average workouts. Now, I didn't go into the extreme stuff he does commonly in the week, but I showed him, look, dude, you're about 1,500 calories shy. And, you know, to talk in terms of the number of calories I recommended, a lot of people would be shocked. You know, I pushed him up to 5,500 calories a day. And he was, Shit. yeah, he was, he was hovering about four on average. Uh, and he was pretty studious about making sure he got that much. He didn't realize he was still. And so he was so taken back by the information that if at the end of the day, he didn't have the calories in his, you know, especially from carbohydrate in his system, he would dip pineapple spears in honey just to make sure he got the carbs up because he, he was really, really shy on carbs. And the outcome, gross. yeah, I know. The outcome was that he actually got leaner and uh, I think the weight change was about one pound. He didn't really move his weight that much, but his energy levels went through yeah. the roof. His performances went through the roof. And he actually dropped body fat. So he got into a much better place. And he was pretty convinced after that. 
And, and I've seen him do a lot of idiotic things over, over the years that we've been together where he went completely vegan for a while. That was ridiculous. That just screwed him up completely. Um, How do you eat 5,000 plus calories a day? Well, he wasn't. He was probably getting less. He was probably, what, ironically, he was probably running, um, I don't know, 50, 60 miles a week at altitude and being in the neighborhood of about 30 or 3,000 to 4,000 calories a day. And all of that, you know, feedback, I guess, probably what he needed to do. And uh, I remember when he came home, he was in Colorado doing that. He came home, came to see me. And I, first thing I said is, dude, you look like a girl. You know, because he, he his hair was all puffy and he and he was he was skinny. He was like, I mean, for him, he was like 185 pounds, which I've never seen. That's that, tiny. I've never seen him that 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 low before. I said, let's get you some food. Let's sort this out. And and he he agreed. He said, yeah. He goes, this is miserable. I'm never doing this again. He goes. He said, I'm shitting like a goose and I'm tired all the time. You know. So, so, but anyway, the, you're right. So the, the the biggest mistake people are making is not necessarily understanding what would be the better thing to eat, but more the nutrient timing and what that should look like. And just because yeah. in the last little fupa that we did, I did drop some good information about a couple of books, which is yeah. nutrient timing. And, you know, ironically, same guys. We already talked about Matt Fitzgerald. His books are amazing. But uh, Nutrient Timing and Hardwired for Fitness, which are written by Dr. John Ivey and Dr. Robert Portman, both very, very, very well-read exercise physiologists. Um, and they talk about the circadian cycle. They talk about, as, as the species, we require, um, you know, when we need food, what type of food we need, nutrients, you know, through the course of the day, because we are by nature hunter gatherers, you know, we don't need carbs in the, in the evening, right? We're shutting down. What we do need is repair. So that's a better time to have more protein in your, in your meals. In the, in the early parts of the day, the hunters and gatherers going out to find food, whatever energy demands by nature, we, we need more carbohydrate earlier in the day. Now, what was interesting is since I didn't talk about this, uh, Dr. Portman and I were having this conversation because, you know, I did a podcast with both those guys one time or another. And I said, and I told him, I said, I recommend to people commonly, commonly, meaning not, not radical stuff like, you know, you're doing, you know, 12, 200 miles of running a week, your diet's going to be different, right? But the average people, about 60, 20, 20 is what I recommend. 60% carbs, 20% fat, 20% protein, and break up those, those substrates evenly for each meal over the course of the day based on how many calories you need, is what my go-to plan is. It's a very conservative approach, but it's very, very, um, what am I trying to say? It's just a smart way to do it. And yeah. so Portman, yeah, so Portman agreed with me. And what he said was, he says, the only difference in what you're doing that I think you should do is push the, the protein calories a little heavier towards the evening. So it's not about eating more or less food or, you know, eliminating one of those substrates from each of the meals, but having a time where towards the evening, you're, because you're, your body's more receptive to the protein, less receptive to the carbohydrates. It's going to do more for you. you. You don't need carbohydrate when you're getting ready to go to bed. That's the last thing you need before you go to bed, right? You need it in the morning. So anyway, uh, timing is critical. And, uh, 
when people are going to set out to do their New Year's resolution this year and they figure they want to get their diet organized and whatever, I would highly recommend you take this advice to heart because I've done this with thousands of athletes and 95% of the time it comes out looking pretty darn good. I like it. I think that was great nutrition information. You know, who would have thunk I could have come up with that, right? <laughs> okay, you so here's can read books, apparently. <laughs> here's another one that you'll probably appreciate. I didn't always look yeah. like this. Let me just be clear, okay? There was a time, there was a window in my life that you're kind of sitting in, what, how old are you, 24 now, 25? 25. Okay, <laughs> 25. Between, between 25 and 40, you know, I represent it pretty well. It's just that 45 to 69 that's been really kind of a bitch for me, right? All right, so. You started incorporating your 90-day uh, resolutions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we didn't talk about that, did we? Did we not talk about that? That's all right. That's okay. It's not that important. I mean, one, I'll, I'll bring it up another time, maybe. Okay. <laughs> but so anyway, here we go. So the next, second thing they had was, I want to have a body like, insert the celebrity name, you know? Having that mindset. I want to have a body like Hunter McIntyre. <laughs> but people do that. You know that? And can I tell you something? That's that's what social media is all about. Yeah. People go to Instagram and the influencers are baiting people. Oh, look at me. You know, look what I've got. You know, i got this going on. You don't. And people are like, oh, man, i got to look like that. So... They chase these people to find what they're doing and try to do exactly what they're doing because they're hoping that one day they will too look like them. And that's a really- Hey, I was tempted to buy to buy Hunter's protein mix thing, you know, when he posts his pictures of his back and stuff. I'm like, oh, I yeah. find his protein stuff. I'll look like that. Yeah, no, I don't I don't know anything. I mean, I know that he's got the, listen, we've had conversation, him and I, about his new company and, you know, what he's, what he's all about there. And, I just don't want to go down that conversation with him because I don't want to be offensive. Uh, I personally am not into supplementation. I think that mm. if you don't if you don't get your your meal plans and feeding strategies organized, then that all that supplementation is not going to help you. And quite frankly, I think that the whole concept of ingesting tons of protein, whether it be supplement or otherwise, is just a really stupid idea. Because, you just think it's too much? What, oh, yeah. It doesn't, it does, just because you take more uh, protein doesn't mean that's going to convert to muscle. And people think that, mm -hmm. right? And I, I love when people say things like, um, oh, I got to get my protein shake. Why? You, you burn a lot of energy. Why don't we put some energy back? Because protein is not a functional energy source, right? You, that's not what your body wants. That's a deterrent. You're basically trying to put food in there to satiate yourself, but that's not really solving the problem that you created for yourself. You want to put the energy back, which is mm -hmm. carbohydrate. Now, because you damaged your body to some degree through the exercise or trials and tribulations in your day, the proteins required to spackle. It's like spackle to patch up the, uh, the micro trauma that's done to the muscle. Um, but your total caloric intake of protein should be about uh, a gram per kilo of body weight per day. And when you really do the math, it doesn't amount to much. Like you can get you can get away with like a chicken breast for the entire day and probably just about handle all your, your protein requirements. Uh, the problem is most people just eat too much. Either eat too much or eat too little. Yeah. People that don't exercise don't they, people that don't exercise eat too much, and people that do exercise don't eat enough. 
But the, the protein supplement supplement in the middle doesn't solve any problems. And, and I, and I got to tell you, it can go another step further. I've been watching these commercials on TV for this, uh, this um, vegetable pill that you take. Uh, what's the name of that? Uh, something of life. I forgot what the name. I, I see that because of the, the news channel I watch, the, every, every break they do this commercial where they have somebody that's, I'm an optometrist and, you know, I've been taking this little vegetable pill and now I run like a deer and, you know, I sleep like a baby. I was like, no, no. I want the vegetable pill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or or the fruit. The fruit and vegetable. They have two, fruit and vegetable pills. Yeah. So they, you know, they pulverize fruit and pulverize uh, vegetables and freeze dry it and squeeze it all into a little gel cap. And, you know, you take out like four or five of these from each source a day, nailing your vegetable and fruit requirements for the day. Uh, I'm not on, I'm just not on board with that. I'm just sorry. I was going to say, it sounds like a pretty good idea if you don't like vegetables. <laughs> nice. Coming from the person, I love that, vegetables. <laughs> coming from the person that doesn't drink coffee, but takes like coffee supplements. It's a caffeine strip. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, I know. I never delicious. heard of it until I saw you do it. See? Uh-oh. I have it right here. Why? Wow, this is an empty package. But oh, They're right. delicious. They don't smell like coffee all day. You know, I had a couple of cups <laughs> of coffee this morning. My coffee will, will make a man out of you. I'm just telling you right now. Whether you like I it or not. I love coffee. But no, honestly, ever since I got COVID like six months ago, coffee tastes nasty now. Like uh, my tastes are all off. It's like I can't drink coffee. Well, honestly, mint tastes nasty too. But I, I need to get that that, that virus that makes alcohol taste terrible to me. You know? <laughs> nope, alcohol still tastes good. <laughs> you know, I just, that would have been the solution. All right, so moving on. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> moving on. Uh, okay, so this is, we kind of talked about this, so we're not going to burn this down too too far. This is deciding uh, losing weight means restricting foods. Now, re restricting foods could mean a lot of things. It could mean that you're going to eat less, or you could, you could segregate your food processes. You say, I'm not eating carbs. Big yeah. mistake. Or I'm not going to eat any more fat. Big mistake. I'll share this with you. <sighs> Boy, I'm on a roll. Um, there's a guy named Dr. Tom Fahey. And I listened to a lecture he gave. I, I got to tell you, it was probably uh, 20 years ago. Uh, he, uh, he is one of the exercise scientists, nutritionists for Quaker Oats. And Quaker Oats is oh, Gatorade. They're, they're huge, right? They're big. Wait, they anyway, Gatorade too? Uh, Quaker Oats owns everything. <laughs> they, they, believe me, they own everything. Anyhow, so uh, he said this and it stuck with me forever. Clearly it did because here I am talking about it some 20 years later. He said, your substrates, like your protein, your fat, and your carbs. He goes, try to imagine mm -hmm. that we're going to have a barbecue. Okay. And your husband is responsible for bringing the charcoal. You're responsible for bringing the meat. I'm responsible for bringing the matches. If any one of us doesn't show up, there ain't no barbecue. And what he was suggesting was, is to have successful metabolism, to develop a good nutritious meal, those three substrates need to be available all the time. You don't want to eliminate carbohydrate any time of your meals or protein or fat from any time of your meals. Now, how much you put in, you know, that's kind of a trick. 
But if you really want to have a better meal, uh, a more nutritious serving of food, you want to have all three of those players involved. So going on these tangents and, you know, where you're going to be paleo or you're going to be whatever ridiculous crap that comes down the pipe, that's not what you want to do. You'll get result. You'll get result from those type of eating patterns because it screws you up, right? And then you got to recover from the damage you created for yourself. And a good good uh, uh, analogy for that would be uh, people that restrict their carbohydrate. Now, re- carbohydrate carries a lot of water with it. And so people that are eating carbohydrate tend to carry more water on their body. And as soon as you cut the carbohydrate out, you start to really dry up. And this is where the abdominals show and whatever. And they're like, oh, man, this diet's killing, you know. That doesn't mean you're healthier. That just means that you are you just lost a lot of water weight. And, you know, it's tricky. You could say, wow, you know, I lost 10 pounds this week. No. What did you think it came from? You think it just like all of a sudden you just dropped 10 pounds of fat? It would take to, to drop 10 pounds of fat just commonly. It would take 35,000 calories of deficit to drop 10 pounds of fat in one week. 35, you have to lose 3,500 uh, calories in a day to lose one pound. Or excuse me, 3,500 calories to lose one pound. doesn't have to be in a day. And so if you're trying to lose 10 pounds in a week, multiply 10 times 3,500, you got 35,000. Just, just try to imagine the restriction you'd have to create to lose that much. So where is it coming from? It's coming from water. Does that make you healthier because you dropped a bunch of water weight? No, it doesn't. So these ridiculous fads tend to get us in a really dark place. And we get rewarded in the short term because, oh, I fit my clothes. It's all good. It's just water. You know, it's just, it's just water. So. Well, just like you said, Matt Fitzgerald said, or whatever, you have to earn your, your weight loss. or whatever. Earn your weight you loss. Earn your weight loss. Okay, so we're going to burn through these. Here's another one. Okay. Taking tons of vitamins in order to become healthier. I kind of already beat that down, right? Um, I don't take any vitamins, and I'm not suggesting that a multiple vitamin or, you know, vitamin D or some supplement or fish oil, things like that, those aren't problematic for me. I just personally don't do it, never have. Um, my wife takes a supplement. I don't know. I think it's for hair and nails or something. I don't know what it is. But, um, Biotin. I don't know what it is, but I, I just say, you know, people, when they think vitamins, they get these, these batch of vitamins in a packet, right? So they buy the jug that's got these little individual packets. You know what I'm talking about, right? It's got like six, oh, yeah. six or seven pills in it and you mow them down three times a day or whatever it calls for. <sighs> Um, more the better because you you got to go back to the store and get it get it again soon. But there might be something in the in those packages that were providing you something that you were lacking. But the rest of it's going to come out in your urine. You are going to pee it out. It's going to when you go to the bathroom, you look down and say, "Wow, my pee is like fluorescent orange. What is that all about?" It's it's that that uh, fancy vitamin you took and it's not helping. So. I do take a multivitamin. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just talking about when they 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 broadcast blast, you know, those branched chain amino acids and all this kind of stuff. You don't need branched chain chain amino acids um, to supplement your protein. You don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you could eat a chicken yeah. nugget or a half a glass of milk 
and do far better for far cheaper than than doing brand, branch chain amino acids. It's going to hurt a lot of people. I like soul. the one I take. <laughs> hey, but they'll save their pocketbook, you know. Yeah. Now the one I take has like a morning one, so it'll have like kind of your morning stuff, and then the nighttime one, which will have like your magnesium and all that stuff, whatever that helps you like slow down a little bit or whatever. I think it's pretty cool. I feel like it helps a little bit, especially a nighttime one. Um, I you know I I've toyed with uh, CBD. I like since they're probably listening. I like Vanga. I think Vanga is probably the best CBD product on the market because it's water based, and you get more from it than anything else. Uh, I know that I use it as a sleep aid. I sleep like a baby when I when I do a CBD. But that's is it like pills specific. or something or what? It's what? Is it's it like a gel. pills or something? It's a gel. Gel cap. And it helps you sleep. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hit myself in the head with a jar. <laughs> Not <good. I> mean, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's just basically a sleep. Something about the CBD helps to huh. lower your stress hormones and all kinds of stuff. So it does work. Cool. Um, and so here's another one. Having a vague exercise plan. Or goal. For that matter. Well, my favorite is having a vague, because one of my, I made a bunch of notes. I didn't just look this up online. I made a bunch of notes from my own brain. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, Benefits no, of having one. One of them is like, <laughs> um, no, one of the things I put on there was, uh, yeah, like having a vague plan, one that might not even fit with your overall goals or lifestyle. It's like, you're, you're trying to like, oh, I want to be more fit or do these things 10 times a week or whatever. And you're like, well, if you really think about my lifestyle, I don't even want to or can't do this anyway it has nothing to do with motivation it just literally doesn't even fit in with my lifestyle anyway so yeah vague plans that don't even make sense are not good. well yeah so what a lot of people do they go in too hard you know they, they they just take on way too much so like day one they murder themselves in exercise you know and that's not going to be sustainable you're not going to be able to beat yourself to death every day and expect that that's going to end up you know better off than you were so you need to be realistic about your approach to exercise. And uh, you, obviously enough, if you're lifting weights, you want to make sure that you don't get in over your head because that's just going to lead to an injury. But, uh, you know, you got to be progressive with your process. You, you want to, you want to, you know, take on a decent bit of work, try to be holistic about it, make sure that you're covering all the bases. Uh, we can go on and on all day about this because this is what I've been doing with people for the past 30 some odd years is writing program for people's exercise. Um, but in a short note, <clears throat> what I would suggest, I like uh, compound movement patterns. I like exercises that are functional. Think in terms, let's say for a, there's a, a sport you're involved in, think of the things that you're challenged in the sport and approach those, those types of exercises that will benefit you in that regard. Uh, we talked about this once upon a time about the 1% solution. Eliminate the things in your exercise day that are not going to pay the bills. Something that's not going to be directly uh, beneficial to your end game, right? Now, if your end game is just to look better and you're just, you know, you're what I call them show ponies where you're, you know, you're going to get in there because you're worried about, you know, symmetry in your deltoids and, you know, you want your triceps to pop and all that kind of stuff. Then you're going to isolate those body parts and you're going to go to work on them. And you're going to spend a day and a half in a 24-hour period you know, working on all the little exercises that are going to, um, you know, collectively attack all those regions. You know, 
you know, this is this is what was born of a split routine, right? When you figured out, damn, if I try to do all this, I'm going to be here all day. So I know I'll do the other half tomorrow. <laughs> you, bam, we got ourselves a split routine. There was no genius behind that, right? It was not a bunch of function of recovery. It was a function of just don't have time to do it all, right? So, yeah. So, you know, think it through. Don't do anything stupid. Yeah. And I know it's, it, it feels like beating a dead horse, but it's like, start out small. You know, if you think about a week and if you start out with a super hard workout that you're really not ready for, you're going to be sore probably for a week. I mean, when I've done workouts that were outside of my range, I have been sore for up to a week and it makes it miserable. It makes it where you can't really do much else. So why not just do something attainable? You can actually, by the end of the week, get way more work done because you're not just busting your butt in the beginning and then flopping for six days <laughs> you're actually getting a lot more work done by the end of that seven days listen so just think take the pride out take the well <laughs> take you, the you, you know me i mean I, I write program for you i write program for people and, and i'm always thinking you know what no you gotta need you need a day off you gotta you gotta back off here you know you, you get all these aspirations and you're hyped up and things are going well and you really want to attack where you have to realize that and, and this has been said a million times but i think it needs to be said again is that you don't improve while you work. You improve while you rest, right? Mm -hmm. Exercise breaks you down. Recovery builds you back up. And so if you go in too hard and too, you know, consistent, like you're going to, I'm seven days a week, I'm going to two hours a day, you know, that's just going to end badly. It's just not going to work. So bad plan. And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is like a, a, a simple little analogy. Your body is like this cup, you know, it can only hold so much. And if you're going to the gym, you're, you might have a little cup. You're not very fit. You haven't worked out that much. You might have a little cup. You're taking your workout and you're pouring a gallon of water into that tiny little cup. You're only going to get that much benefit from it anyway. And now you're just expending all this energy, tons of time. You're spending a three-hour gym workout when your body's only really ready for 20 to 30 minutes. Now you're just wasting all this time and you aren't even reaping the benefits yeah. of it. And now you're going to be sore yeah. for a week. Exactly. Your body could have shut down 40 minutes yeah. into your three-hour workout. <laughs> Get do what you can build up, make your cup bigger as you go, and then yeah, maybe in six months you can do a three-hour workout. But don't punish your body for not being ready by throwing on way too much that it can't handle. Yeah, and you know, and on the same thread, if it's not going well, give yourself a hall pass. Just if you get in there and just man, I'm just beat up. Turn around, go home. If you can, take a nap or do whatever you can to recover. You know, get out the get out the foam roller you know, get out the recovery tools and, you know, just try to fix it. So the next thing yeah. is, uh, in, yeah. So people that want to <laughs> improve that? their leanness through cosmetic fixes. Okay. Like surgery, like something surgery. like that, you know, where somebody's oh, okay. liposuction, things like that, you know, that doesn't make you health. I hate when I hear people in these commercials, Talk about how much healthier and fit they are because they saw Dr. Zuba Zuba who basically went in there with a rotor rooter and sucked all this body fat out of them, right? That does not make you healthier. It might make you look a little leaner. You know, it probably doesn't look too pretty under, you know, under wrap. Um, well, it probably looks pretty, pretty, pretty good when you're clothed. But when you actually see what's going on after they had all those little suck marks out of you, I don't know. It's just bad plan. I, I'm, by the way, I'm not, you know, this is, this is what you get. When I get older, it's going to look worse. Probably I'm going to give it to you like it is right. See this. I'm going to give it to you like it. I'm not going to put on a toupee. 
I'm not wearing a toupee. I'm not going to get a facelift, you know, and I just figure life is what, what it is. It's like you can improve your health, improve your, your, your stature and appearance through just taking better care of yourself. And that, that pays bigger dividends than trying to, you know, suck your face up or, you know, get your chin tucked under, you know, and all. Yeah, yeah no, that does, that does not appeal to me. First thing I, by the way, and I know this is probably true. Tell me if I'm wrong. You see a okay. woman that's like, she's got the duck lips. Don't you look at that first? Like, you got your freaking lips punched out, didn't you? Don't you like? Well, I'm extremely unobservant, so I probably wouldn't notice. Well, <laughs> but I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, we're looking at people on television. Okay, she's got her lips done. Yeah. Is that she's got a face stuff? You know, and we start, you know, we the couch of criticism. We sit there and just work these people. And oh, and the the, well, the and big thing is like all the like all it's funny like all this fake it's everything's so fake nowadays. I mean, you think yeah. what's what's worse those duck lip things you can get injected or yeah. going on Instagram and using a trillion filters to make yourself look different. Right. It's all the same stuff. And right. it's like I mean, makeup. I wear makeup. Like what's, what's yeah, the so the it's big with the big thing with me is uh, the Hollywood guys that uh, lost their hair early, but they're wearing a toupee and wore a toupee every time you saw them on television because you know that's they're trying to keep that image and. Because I used to work in Hollywood. I used to work with uh, some of these people. And I know things. <laughs> I, you know, I used to work. I used to, one of my guys I used to train is a Hollywood producer. And he used to be an agent for the top Hollywood agency, you know, for handle all these people. I mean, I'm talking about big dog guys, right? And I used to quiz them all the time. We'd be out, you know, trekking and running or whatever. I said, is that so-and-so got real hair? What, what's up with that? Is that a toupee? Oh, yeah. That's freaking toupee, dude. Yeah. And so I get on and I come rushing home to my wife. I said, you know, I told you that's so-and-so and I'm not going to throw anybody in the bus right now. So I told you that shit ain't real. That ain't his hair. No, it is. No, it's not. I just got it from the stores. I know people, but anyway, uh, that doesn't make you better. Right. That doesn't make you better. It'll make you feel better about yourself. Maybe, but and maybe, you know, ipso facto that becomes better for you. Uh, so yeah, kind of a rabbit trail has nothing to do with fitness really, but so, okay. you know, I just wanted so, to offend some people. Yeah. Clearly starving as a means of cutting holiday weight is not a good idea. Either. That's number seven. Yeah. I don't think we need to really touch on that. That's pretty much. Okay. Um, now here's an interesting one. And a lot of people that are listening to this are probably not going to appreciate this because it doesn't, it doesn't have to do with them, which is uh, quitting smoking cold turkey. They recommend that you don't put that on yourself. You know, you it took a while to get addicted. It's going to take a while to get unaddicted. You probably need to go. I'm not going to go read through this, but uh, I. By the way, I used to smoke when I was, you know, back in the day, when I was in the military. Mm -hmm. Everybody smoked cigarettes, right? Back in the Vietnam era, we all smoked cigarettes, right? And it took me a while to quit smoking, and you couldn't couldn't make me do it now. Couldn't make me do it now. <laughs> all right, so. This is interesting. This was number nine on their list. And on number nine, it says uh, a mistake would be to only exercise indoors. So, interesting. Okay. Well, because vitamin D, for one, that you get from the sun. Um, oh, so, it was, so this is like a mistake, not like people are saying for the resolution, I'm only going to exercise indoors. Well, but, the, you know, the, the, I guess this is kind of a broad stroke. It's number nine out of ten, so they're they're, they're starting to dig a little bit. But mm -hmm. the point of the matter is, is that it it would be not as advantageous for you to continually 
live inside the gym, gym rat kind of thing. Yeah. Getting outside and doing things outside is very, very healthy and beneficial to you for a lot of really good reasons, right? Um, yep. So I think that's all we need to say about that. And then, and then the number 10 was to make too many resolutions. <laughs> Don't put too much pressure on yourself, right? Yeah. No, I agree with that. I actually, one of the little notes I made about a potential solution for that is like, do start with one solution, give yourself the four weeks or whatever. Cause I think they say four to six weeks or something is what it takes to build a habit. Once you have that like cemented, then you can add your next one in, you know, and make sure you can keep with your first one and like add that in as you go. I mean, you're going to get way more done, honestly, that way. Cause I've done the same thing. Whenever I have my new year's resolutions, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm a board. I have my like 10 things up there. And I end up not, you know, they don't help at all. I end up doing what I do that year and my resolutions meant nothing, yeah. whether I like just, made good choices or not. Just too much ask. Way too much. And like, I'm pretty disciplined and I'm pretty like good at that kind of stuff and it's useless. I, I don't know. So, so yeah, I think it's now this, one, list, this list is the, the top 10 most common resolutions. Mm -hmm. And the number one, I'm going to burn through them for real, real quick. Two. Number one is exercise more. Number two is lose weight. Number three is get organized. Number four, learn a new skill or hobby. Number five is live life to the fullest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to live life to the fullest. <laughs> Whatever that means. Uh, and then number six is save more money, spend less money. Number seven is quit smoking. Number eight, spend more time with family and friends. Number, uh, number nine is to travel more. And number 10 is read more. Those are the most common ones. Interesting. I would organize them a little differently. Uh, yeah. I think that the first thing that someone might want to do, obviously you want to develop a plan, whatever the plan might be, whether it's going to be one thing that you're going to work on, like you suggested, knock the one thing out before you add something to it. Um, that's getting organized. You got to, got to think it through what's reasonable. Um, yeah. You know, if you, if you put too much and on, how your, am I going to accomplish it? You know, how am I going to do this? <laughs> you know what I think the, the number one thing someone should do is if they really, really want to be under pressure to, to make these things come to fruition is tell a lot of people that you're doing it. Because mm -hmm. then you're under pressure because if you don't do it, everybody knows you didn't do it, right? So now you're either going to become a really good liar or you're going to come up with a reason why it didn't work that, that people will accept. So... Well, you know, I was going to, then I got sick, and then I broke my leg, and then, and then I had to get that job. You know, I have all those excuses then why you didn't do it. Yeah. You didn't, didn't carry it out. Um, but um, I, I, I like what you said. I was like, I, I'm into, you know what I thought would be a really good thing for me is, and I even <laughs> tried to put it into play the last couple of days, is drink more water. <laughs> I don't like water. Me neither. You know what I mean? It's like has to have some kind of flavor to it for me to want to drink it. Like if I like I, I've been drinking and I, I got to stop doing. It. I had like this cran cranberry juice. I put like mm. you know twenty percent cranberry juice in a glass and fill the glass up with water. But that little bit of flavoring works for me. Or I yeah. like, like a crystal light or something like that. Yeah. Um, which after a while it gets old too. Uh, I they have these little drops now because my my father-in-law same thing he hates just drinking plain water so it's like target they have these tiny little drops but they're like way better than like the crystal light like the little packets you know yeah and you just put like three or four little drops in i mean you think even if it's 100 sugar you're still barely getting any sugar out of it and you're just getting like a flavor punch 
So I don't know. There's definitely some, there's cool stuff out there nowadays. Yeah. Well, so I'm thinking, you know, my thought process is uh, I need to stop relying on that crutch and just suck it oh. up. And, and <laughs> I like the crutches. <laughs> just become a little bit more comfortable drinking water. And when you yeah. start to drink more water, what happens is you start to want more water. And your body really thrives on water. You really need to have more water in your life. And I remember, and you probably are aware of it too, these, these systems where they, these multi-level marketing schemes where they had these purified water machines that they try to get people to buy and, you know, to have in their house. It'll cost like 4,000 bucks. And they're telling you this water will, you know, make you healthy and the water will make you lose weight. And, and basically what happens is you're just drinking a lot more water. And that water, the water you're drinking now, more of it, more consciously, is making a big difference in your life. So you relate you it go. to the magic water, where in fact it could have been a, a, a puddle of water, <laughs> would have been just the same thing. So that's, hey, sometimes though, if that if paying four grand is what it makes you to be all healthy and stuff, it's kind of the same as buying the fancy running shoes. You know, if that's what helps you get out and run. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> four grand's a little steep, though. Well, I wasn't thinking about the money. I was thinking about the fancy running shoe. That's like that's that's my stop limit right there. All right, so fancy running uh, socks, okay? Fancy running outfit. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, right. just something to make you yeah. run. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with the outfit. You know. There you go. You look good. You feel good. You run good. See now, this fancy shirt that I'm wearing right now. I like this it. is the kind of shirt that I normally would not wear, like all day, because it's the, that uh, I don't know what it is. It's some kind of synthetic. And it looks it, comfy. Yeah. After well, at the end, of the end of the day, you start to stink. You know. Oh. Uh. It, it, I like I like things that are more. Uh, so cologne is for. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but I like it. It's, it fits well. It's got a really cool thing going on. Yeah, it looks cool. Got, wait, wait. Got the American. Ooh. Yeah, American <laughs> so patriotic. Flag. Got the. You can, yeah, spread. there you go. You can't win if you run like shit. Yep. So I know it's one of my faves. But uh, anyway, so you got anything else before we shut this down? Yes. So I want to go over real quick my resolution solutions. So we've talked a lot about the terrible resolutions. We've thrown in some solutions to them as we went, but I wanted to go over a couple things. So first off with resolutions and you can inject as you would like. Consistency is king. That's what we kind of started talking about in, a little bit in there. Of Yeah, don't start out with crazy things. Keep doing it. And honestly, it's like, oh, I did this super hard workout. I'm so cool. It's way harder to do an easy workout every single day. Because I know that I'm kind of like a spaz. I kind of like to do something super hard and not have to do it every single day. Consistency is way harder than just going out and busting your butt once, you know? So I actually, it was funny. My, uh, my friend gave me this running little calendar thing last year. So I've been like going through it this year. Consistency is what trans, I don't know if you can read it. Consistency is what transforms average into excellence. I like that. Apparently someone random said that, but of course they put this at the end of December, you know? And I'm like, that's really smart because that is, it's not the crazy hard workout that transforms you into an amazing athlete. It's the consistency of doing this stuff every single day. So, and that's I'm awesome. preaching this to myself as well because I'm terrible at this stuff. Okay, there we go. And then um, another one I kind of mentioned a little bit was focus less on the actual goal and what you want to complete, but focus more on how you're going to complete it. Just like you said about getting organized and making that plan should be really your first resolution. And whether that's finding some accountability, like you said, telling everyone you're going to do that that might be part of your plan and focusing on how you can complete it. So there's a reason you haven't done these things in the past. 
there's a reason you haven't eaten healthy, gotten fit and all this. Think about that, write down those reasons why you haven't accomplished this. Oh, is it time? Is it, I don't like to cook? Maybe it's time for you to invest in a meal plan. One of those kits. Yeah, it might be a little extra money. I'm just saying random solutions. Find solutions to those issues because if you just like go into this all gung-ho and you haven't thought about what's kept you from it in the past, you're not really gonna be any better off. Now you're just gonna be disappointed. Write out solutions to those issues and then when you come to those, you're prepared. So I don't know. That I think that's one of the most important things about making goals is think about it as a like something you have to overcome, not just a willpower. Because it's not just willpower, it's willpower and planning. <laughs> you know, while you were while you were talking about that, I was I was thinking hmm. about people that post on social media they're doing a particular challenge, like a 30-day uh, whether it be push-ups or whatever, they're doing something. Mm -hmm. And then they yeah. video themselves doing it. And now that like that they have to do it every day. It's like, yeah. because people are, wait, hey, Bob, you know, it's 30 days, not four. You know, you stopped at four. <laughs> you know, you got yep. that kind of problem going on. So, yeah. And I feel like nowadays, though, it's almost gotten, because I've seen so many people do that. Oh, I'm going to post about it every day. And then after three days, they stop. I see that all the time. And I feel like nowadays, you might even need to do more. Nowadays, maybe it's like you literally ask someone, your friend, all of us have someone we could probably ask and be like, hey, whether it's your, your husband or wife, your dad, I don't know. Like, hey, dad, can you make sure I do this? Can you like just check in with me every week and just make sure I've been up, up, up to it, you know? Do it. There's nothing wrong with that. Most people are going to be fine with that. Like if my friend asked me that, I'm like, sure. I'll text you every Saturday and be like, hey. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> I I was sitting here thinking what would really be cool is like, let's say you got uh, 500 followers, you know, on mm -hmm. Facebook or whatever. And you're out there and you did that rah-rah, going to do this challenge, you know, and I'm going to do it every day. And you fail at, at like, um, number four, day four. So mm -hmm. all of a sudden you hear this on your door, right? There's 500 people standing on your lawn. Like, <laughs> where were you today, dude? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that'd be kind of cool, though. Find, but I think that's great, though. Find a partner, you know, find someone to do it with. I used to have a really hard time waking up early. So I signed up for these early morning jujitsu classes that a friend of mine was doing. I knew nothing about jujitsu, but like she was doing it. So I was like, okay, it made such a big difference. I was waking up multiple times that week at like 4.30 AM, whatever crazy time it was. It was miserable, but I did it because my friend was there and I didn't want to make her think I was a sissy. So did what I had to do. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Yeah, so I think those are great. And then uh, accountability, like we just talked about, accountability can be Instagram. It can be your spouse checking in with you, making sure you're doing it. Just make sure it's realistic accountability and it's actually going to work, you know? Make sure it's someone who, I don't know, opinion you actually care about. So when they check in with you, you want to have it done, you know? Just be realistic. And then, yeah, be realistic with your goals, not necessarily in size, but in like the practicality of it, like I had kind of mentioned earlier. Make sure it's a goal that you actually want to accomplish, you know, and that's like a re when you accomplish that, that it's actually going to fit in your lifestyle. So if it's yeah, drinking six cups of water a day, awesome. That's pretty easy to fit in your lifestyle. If your goal is running 10 times a week, think about your life. You might work eight to five. That might not even be realistic once you actually accomplish that, you know, so just make sure it's actually a goal that can be accomplished and that you want to accomplish. Um, all right. And then, like we said, instead of setting a ton of new goals at once, make them progressive. Uh, so maybe start with one or two and then add them in um, and start with like, like I kind of liked how you said that start with the management goals, you know, because that's what's going to help you with all your other goals running 
three times a week isn't going to help you be more organized in life necessarily, but being more organized is definitely going to help you run three times a week. So there you go. And then I think a big one, this is big about what you were saying about, I want to look like so-and-so I want to be able to do what so-and-so does. And especially in Instagram nowadays, we see what everyone's doing. I see Hunter do his crazy workouts. So I'm like, Oh my goodness, I want to be able to push a 500 pound sled. Like, ah, so instead of having a outcome goal of, I want to accomplish this, I want to be able to run a six minute mile. I want to be able to push a 500 pound sled. I want my back to look like hunters instead set a process goal. This is something we learned in personal training. Your goal, instead of, I want to run this fast should be, I want to run three times this week, or I want to train this, this many times a week, whether or not I accomplish my outcome goal in this time or not. This is what I want to be able to do. It's something you can control. You know, I can control if I go run three times a week. I can't control necessarily if I run this speed. So I don't know if that, that makes sense, right? Is sure. there a better way to explain that yeah. for people? So on the, on the note of trying to do what Hunter does, he did a video Hunter. once where he had a, a live scorpion. Have you seen it? I don't want to do that. I, I saw part of it where he got yeah, So he, he eats it, right? So he puts it in his mouth and chews it up yeah. real fast. I think he should play that little video clip before he starts talking about the exercise of the day to put it <laughs> into context for people. This is probably not what you want to do, right? right? <laughs> That's pretty funny. I, I still remember. He posted that years ago. And yeah. I remember seeing that and just being like. It's ridiculous. Who does that? Oh, gosh. Right. Why? And then he got super sick off of it. Like, cause he like got a little bit of the tail in it or something. And, like know. actually got really sick. I, I felt really I bad. I don't think it was a good idea. Anyway, my cousin almost like died. She's been in, well, it's Matt's cousin, but she's been in Africa for like a long time. And she got like stung by a scorpion or whatever. And she got like super sick, like really bad. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So yeah, process goals instead of outcome goals, instead of, oh, I don't want to get injured anymore. How about. I'm going to do my mobility three times this week because that's what you can control, you know? Um, and then, yeah, what's kind of blah, 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 blah. Yeah, just planning it out, I think is the biggest part. I mean, instead of just thinking it's going to magically change because you have willpower, think about it like anything else in life, you know? If you don't have a plan, you're not going to be able to accomplish it. If you can't overcome what kept you from it in the past, you're not going to be able to just magically overcome it now. Think about it more, plan it out, get prepared, have the solutions to your resolutions. Solutions to your resolutions. I think on that note, we should put a fork <laughs> in this bad boy. So, but I would like to officially wish you the best in 2022 and those that are listening as well. Everybody, rock it out. Stay away from the yeah. COVID. Um, don't be freaked out. You're going to get through it. We're all going to get through it. And I have some really, really solid stuff coming up this year. <clears throat> and I think one of my goals should be, and it could be your goal too, is to make sure we get okay. this freaking podcast out every week. Let's do it. That all by yeah, On that note, people can send us ideas if you want to hear about certain things. Just text us or even message us, email amazing. us, whatever. Uh, and or us, if they have interest in seeing Mr. Diaz show up to do a clinic in their hometown, they might want to let mm. them know. Because how many people do you need for a clinic? Because you only need like what 15, 20? Yeah, you know, well, you so somewhere? there's there's a very serious limitation because of the nature of the clinics. We 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 can only test so many people in a given day. And and then so uh, like for example, I'm gonna be in Jacksonville, Florida next week. 
Yeah, next week, uh, Thursday, I'm leaving. So um, we have 17 people scheduled, and I've had to turn a few people away. And mm -hmm. it's because when we do the resting test, 17 people have to be tested. And then when we do the VO2 max tests, 17 people have to be tested. And then we do the gait analysis, 17 people have to be video. Before we even get to the nuts and bolts of stuff, we have to get all that fundamental information that's very, very powerful, but very, very important. So getting beyond that is nearly impossible. Now, I do have some things coming up that may expand the opportunity. And I don't want to talk about it yet because it's not in the box. It's not nailed down yet, but I can assure you some really, really cool stuff's coming. And uh, But other than that, I, I do intend to travel towards the East Coast. I have people on the East Coast. We're already working on some dates. Um, I have some people up north of me, south of me, west of me, east of me. I'm surrounded by people that are trying to get connected to do things. Uh, you might have saw I posted, I actually did a, an RMR test on somebody in, in my apartment living room the other I day. I saw that. Yeah, she was. She just wanted to get it done. And, you know, I, I'm scheduled to do some work in a, in a fitness facility uh, a little ways from here on the 21st. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm already getting inundated with people that want to do things. So yeah. it's going to be a busy year and I'm excited for that. So anyway, well, on that note too, um, do you have any current groups or anything that if people wanted to do group training with you that they could look into? I know I'm not really, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really doing that, you know, um, not pursuing I, it anymore. Well, mm -hmm. so it just, it, it, it just takes a lot of time and, yeah. uh, I do have some people that have just reached out to me that live very close to me that are interested in doing something. And, you know, my heart of hearts, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, maybe set up a tra track day or whatever. Yeah, I like doing that kind of work. I just don't know whether it's going to fit my schedule. So uh, I just don't want to, yeah. you know, this whole concept of managing your time. I don't want to get in over my head. I don't want to start committing to people things that I, that I should not have committed and then need to deliver. So I don't know yet, but, um, I, I like hands-on. I like to be able to do things with people. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my work now is virtual, as you know. Um, and so I'm still taking virtual clients. Um, information is available at dshumanperformance.com. Uh, Check it out. Yeah, because yeah, you have information on your, all your different virtual programs on there. Yeah, right? yeah. It's, like all, the it's all, one -on -one it's all pretty groups. easy to figure out if you just visit the website. But anyway, you guys uh, be safe. Uh, are you guys going out for New Year's? No, you want to play some games or something with friends, but not really doing much. Yeah. Are they drinking? Old, I don't like. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're not drinking friends. <laughs> oh, what kind of friend is that? Nothing worse than a sober hey, friend. I have an extremely hard workout week this week and next week, so I can't afford to be drinking. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you know, see, I'm on the other end of things. Uh, you know, you're the athlete. I'm the guy that can drink and give you good ideas about what you should do for your exercise. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll change that. All too. right. <laughs> well, happy new year, Richard. Happy new year. Everybody else. Good luck with your goals. Have fun. And we'll see you next year. Peace out. Peace out.